Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast, where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined by my co-host Ben. What's up? How's your week been, man? It's uh, it's been good, actually, surprisingly. Although um, we do, I think, admittedly, have to skip another week in saying that the the family is not sick. Um, oh, oh. So I'm... we are we're fingers crossed. It's allergies, but my son came home with a you know a cough and sneezing and no fever or anything but he uh, does not sound great and we're supposed to go visit family this weekend so you know always we're, always uh, during events man yeah. well i'm i'm here to uh to break the uh, the streak as well cuz i am sick uh awesome. my whole family is sick we all have colds right now <laughs> i'm not feeling good i'm i'm on the day the day quill grind and i've got so mm. much work i need to get done so uh i'm uh, i need to caffeinate somehow uh after we're done here so i yeah dude i've been six and saturday man i just have not i don't know like it felt like saturday was bad sunday on easter i was like mm -hmm. oh this is a quick little cold and then yesterday yep. was bad and like today felt like it got worse like what the heck yeah you're probably so. just in that uh you know you're just getting um just kind of beat up from uh from uh. being sick and then it's just you know you never get any sleep and you're trying to work and you're stressed out and it's just going to make it worse and worse and worse until eventually your body kicks it out there it is man that's how it be so uh <laughs> i just been yeah just doing all the all the vitamins taking zinc and mm -hmm. c and d and all the stuff so yeah it's <laughs> funny because like when the kids come home with it because they're the ones who bring it home. Like, there's no doubt. Yeah. It's from the kids. This is all 100%. This is a fact. So they come home there and, and it's like, oh, you know, I have my, my throat kind of hurts and you like dismissive of it. But it's like, it's inevitable, man. When it hits you, it like hits you hard. For some reason, it like doesn't mm -hmm. affect the kids as hard as, as us, as adults. They're like tiny furnaces. That's why they can survive right. on like five chicken nuggets and, you know, a pack of fruit snacks and they're perfectly Seriously. fine freaking a cheese it a raspberry and they're good mm -hmm. to go for like 18 hours yeah man so uh i'm not feeling good but we're gonna we're gonna try to do this podcast I'm like dude this is just dad life man this is just parent life you're just constantly sick can you hear my kid yeah. in the background screaming my my daughter it sounds like she's uh she's having a good time yeah yeah so, so it's, is she, it's clear is she mad about something or is she excited i, is that I don't know scream? she's also sick so uh okay. but she's also maybe like hungry and my wife's not going fast and i don't know it's it's like yeah. the baby's it's just so freaking demanding so yeah. uh well, normally we record it in the evenings uh but today we're recording midday uh which is new for us it's kind of different but uh it's just what, what kind of works best for our schedules at the moment uh, i've got very busy weeks with um uh, just activities and muscling through the sicknesses. Obviously, the Mario movie takes precedent here in a little bit, so uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be diving in on that. It's gonna be fun. But I've heard uh, good ben, things so far. Yeah, Ben, what are you doing right now? Well, you're, you got some electrical work going on. Yeah, so we are it, we are hot and heavy in the middle of a massive like home project. Um, yep. So we we bought a house in April of 2020. It was our third house. We'd never really kind of invested anything long term in any of the houses because we always knew we, you know, we're gonna move in two to four years. Yeah. And we've always really wanted like just a super nice backyard setup. So that's what we're doing. Uh we decided, you know, with the the rise in equity in all of our homes that it was the the good time to invest in making the yard what we wanted. Because um, we live in a planned neighborhood, but you know, we have a fairly large piece of property that backs up to like this kind of retention pond. So we have a really, really big yard. It's gorgeous. Um so yeah, we built this uh 
like 18 by 60 patio. Like it's huge. It's basically the whole back of the house is patio at this point. Um, and there's like a space for a fire pit. There's uh, the electrical work today is actually going in for the hot tub that we're putting in. Um, and then we bought this uh, or had installed an outdoor kitchen. And then this thing called, it's a company called a Zenko um, that does these like motorized louvered pergolas. Um, so it's like a metal pergola attached to the house. So like it opens and closes and has lights on it and, um, you know, you put ceiling fans and heaters and stuff out there. So it's really, the work, idea man. Being, yeah. So it's like we can, inst- we basically have another outdoor room that we can hang out in. I'm um, assuming you're financing all this, right? This is, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm okay. not, I'm not, uh, you know, coming up with 90 grand just like out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, so, so, uh, so is, is it actually 90? Yeah, we're probably gonna end up somewhere around there, like eighty to ninety thousand. Gotcha. What's the financing? Um, uh, is that does that get rolled into like escrow and stuff, or is that just like no, is that a separate it, thing? It depends on how you do it. So there's several ways you can finance things like that. So there's yeah. like um, there's like home equity loans, which you know you're kind of pulling out like on a fixed rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that generally just rolls into your mortgage, or there's something like a HELOC. Um, which is essentially a, it's a home equity line of credit, which is like a credit card that's based mm-hmm. on the equity within your house. Gotcha. Um, you know, so for us, we try to stay under like a certain percentage that we're spending because we we were approved for like way more than we actually needed, um, just because the way the housing market is. But we want to be we want to be reasonable with that, right? And make sure we can still maintain the lifestyle we want. And and uh, right. you know, with two kids in daycare, that's incredibly expensive too. So yep. uh, trying to keep that under under control, but also have a space that we really enjoy that we can you know have people. We love entertaining, having people over. Um, so that's exactly why we decided to invest in it. Since you know we're not planning on going anywhere for the next twenty or thirty years. Yeah, we've been trying to we've been trying to get some quotes for turf. We've wanted a turf, uh, just turf in our backyard for a while, as well as a nice little patio set up for, um, you know, fire pit and all that. Yeah, quotes that we've been getting are you know somewhere in the range of like twenty to thirty k. Yeah, uh, so it's just like oh man, but we've yeah. been we've Expensive. been we've kind of instilled like a strict budget uh, recently, and it's been mm-hmm. it's been nice i would almost say like life-changing like uh yeah. just how we've been able to stick on a budget i'm like okay something like this could be attainable but you know yeah we got to look at the financing how that works and stuff but i just turf for us it w- is just perfect uh for yeah. our kids and all that we eventually want to get a nice trampoline out there well, um, do you guys have any pets no pets no, no pets. pets no so dogs or anything so nah. so if you would you like astroturf the the whole backyard uh, I don't know the difference between AstroTurf or the turf that we've been quoted for, if that's all different. Okay. Is it, I guess, is it artificial grass? Yes, artificial grass. Okay, 100%. so then you never have to cut it or... Never. Yeah, they would have to, like, read... Once it's in? Yes. Yeah, they would have to, like, move the sprinklers and stuff like that because we never need to water it. It would act right. as, like, a natural French drain because uh, we mm. have, like, kind of draining issues. So that would kind of yeah. solve that problem there as well. Uh, they'd have to grade the yard because it's kind of a slope. So yeah. uh, they would grade it, probably put in like a stone wall to the back where like this fence is. So it, it's a lot of work, um, yeah. but it's something that we've been eyeing and wanting to do for a while. So, uh, hey, guys, you tuning in right now. This is dad talk right here, man. We're talking about financing <laughs> stuff, yard financing, stuff. Yard work. Yeah, but that's that's something, at least for us, because like I am I am deathly allergic to grass, <laughs> which is so really? stupid. Oh, yeah. Is I'm an outdoors any, person. Any too, kind like, of grass? Know. Like almost every time I went to an allergist and they, they do like this test, right? Where they like prick mm-hmm. your back uh, with all sorts of different things like almond and cat and dog mm-hmm. and grass and juniper or whatever. And 
to the grasses, I had like severe reactions to the point Ooh. where this doctor who's been practicing for 25 years said that you are the most grass allergic patient I have ever seen in my life. And my, and all my years <laughs> practicing, I was like, wow, bro. So, uh, <laughs> Because it, I was like getting tested for like these allergy shots that would be like a five year regimen. It was like this weird, mm -hmm. it's crazy. But anyway, the point is, I love the outdoors. I love rolling in the grass with my kids and all that stuff, but I pay the price for it. Like I come back, my face oh, is puffy. No. Like I hive out. It's not fun. So turf in the backyard is good. And my kids have my genetics. So early on, we oh, can it see. to them too. Yeah, oh yeah. They, uh, the, the allergies not only affect us like from on our skin and, and make us mm -hmm. hive out, but it also affects us from a breathing perspective. I, I am oh. asthmatic for like uh, allergy induced asthma. So um, if I start rolling around, like I can feel like my, my chest start to like, um, it starts to, it just feels really tight and I have a hard yeah. time breathing. Uh, there's inflammation in my chest. Uh, like I feel right now when I have a cold, I like when I have a cold, yeah. I also like feel that same as like, I can't breathe, it's hard. That's super tough. So like you're, you're essentially like allergic to nature. Yeah, but it you like be, but you love being outside. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I don't stop myself. I'm <laughs> I'm out there. I'm like rolling in the grass. I'm doing hikes. I remember the first time I ever met my brother-in-law. We were out in Park City, and I went on like a like a three, four, five mile run in the mountains, mm -hmm. and it was in the middle of spring. It was like now it was like April, uh, mm -hmm. in the spring, April, May, um, in uh, Park City, Utah, and I'm running around, and I come back, and it was until like later in the evening where like. Oh, I was basically just running in just pollen and allergens yeah. and yeah. my whole like just d demeanor shifted. My whole body basically shut down because <laughs> uh, I was just breathing in all mm -hmm. nature. And it was just so bad. It's particularly bad in the spring. Yeah. Uh, summertime, it, it is what it is, you know. But yeah, dude, I uh, and I'm allergic to dogs, too, which is why and cats, which is why we, we're never really going to have cat, uh, pets. We so can you, get a hypoallergenic dog. You can never have pets. You have to get a hypoallergenic dog. So you need yeah. to get like, a, what is it? The I think golden doodles or something. Or golden doodles. Yeah, like any sort of poodle mix, Maltese, Bichon. Mm -hmm. those, I don't know. They're, they're, but if I were to get a dog, I'd still want something sort of big. So I don't know. Like a, I, I, don't I know. can't do tiny dogs. I, I just. Yeah. I don't I, like them either. There's something about it. I don't know if it's like all the attitude packed in the tiny package. Or yeah. it may also be like a just every time I see somebody with a tiny dog, the tiny dog is always terrible and has no boundaries. Yeah, they're very yippy. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it is because we run into this. We live in a fairly large community. There's like 270 houses. We have a lot of neighbors and everybody pretty much has dogs. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of like Maltese and, you know, these little kind of not to be pejorative, I guess, but these little kind of foo-foo dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have, we have, uh, we had a pit bull uh, who passed a few months ago, um, mm -hmm. and we have a 120-pound Lab Dane pit mix. Oh, there you go. Big, big, big baby. Um, you know, <laughs> has a really scary bark, but he is super good, very well-trained. Uh -huh. uh, I can walk him off leash if I want to. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's always these little yappy dogs that are like on the extendable leashes that are, you know, trying to running trying to at fight. your dog, trying to fight. Yeah. I'm just like, and all I have to do is look at my dog and be like, all right, we're just going to keep walking. And he's, he just ignores them. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you see these people with the, the little dogs and they're like crossing the street, afraid of your dog. And I'm like, but your, right. your dog is the issue. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like, my dog. That's the problem. <laughs> short man syndrome. They got yeah. all like, <laughs> wait, that's yeah, funny. Like, no, I, we're, we're a big dog family for sure. 
any of those dogs lick me, I can't, I have to wash off the saliva within the first couple of minutes or else I will start to hive out, which is oh, like, no. and don't get me wrong. Like, I like dogs. Not that I don't like animals. I like dogs. I like <laughs> cats. I, I want to like, I wish, I wish I could have a Siberian Husky. I don't know why. I've always been like into Siberian Huskies. Like, I think they're just a really mm. cool looking dog. And Beautiful I've always just dogs. wanted to like nuzzle up and just like hang out and just like, <laughs> and it's like use them as a pillow. I just like, I love it. Yeah. I love dogs. I just, unfortunately i will like have you seen hitch the movie hitch yes where he has like this, the allergic <laughs> that, reaction to shell but yeah literally it's all puffy literally oh, me no. if i start hanging out with dogs like that the way i want to i want to hang out with dogs so i but i can't i just can't do it <sighs> i feel like <laughs> i don't want to like feel bad for you but i do feel bad for you because that's like I feel bad for me that's such a that's such a tough situation because like Owning dogs is such a such a cool thing, but yeah, I mean, I guess again, if you get a hypoallergenic dog, then maybe you guys will all be make okay. some work. Yeah, exactly. So as that's long as I they mean, don't track any grass in the house. Well, yeah. Well, guess what? We're gonna have turf in the backyard, so there's no there's no worry. No, no, they don't have to track in mud or grass. We're, we'll be all right. So, um, there you go. but perfect. Yeah, sorry, I'm having a, an alarm go off on my uh, on my watch here. It's oh, my workout fine. alarm that I'm just gonna skip today because I just just not feeling it, man. <laughs> not feeling it. Yeah, so. give, give yourself a little rest for sure. Yeah, oh, gosh. Well, uh, so today we uh, wanted to answer a couple questions that popped in in our Discord here um, and uh, just kind of elaborate on some things because some things aren't just like easily answered with like a quick little message on Discord. Sometimes, you know, you want to expound on it with a little bit of a, um, a verbal podcast that we can dive into for about 45 minutes. No, no, we're not <laughs> going to go that hard. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll dive in and, and answer a couple questions. But uh, yeah, this episode's actually kind of fun. It's more just like a shoot the breeze kind of an episode uh, where we're just catching up and stuff. But uh, let's dive into this first one that came in. It was from Andrew1247, very AOL name. Uh, very AOL. <laughs> we've got a lot of Andrews in the group, by the way. Um, so uh, he says, my daughter is half Mexican, half white. How do you guys teach about your culture and your wife's to your child? I'm also trying to teach my daughter Spanish. I've been successful. Uh, have you been successful teaching your kids another language? So um, I guess I'll go first. So, uh, you know, a little bit about me. I'm Puerto Rican and Chinese, right? So, you know, I should have asked you, man. I should have asked you. Like what do I look interesting like? Interesting mix, though. Yeah. If, if you oh, were to you guess, had like? I not told you that, like, what would you, what would you have guessed? I would have thought like some sort of like some kind of like Filipino, right? Some sort of Southeast Asian, some with like some Spanish influence somewhere that has like some. There were some, uh, you know, conquerors involved somewhere, uh, some, col <laughs> some colonizers Conquer. involved, um, conquistadors. Well, yeah, it's funny. Seriously. That's what the that's what Filipino, you know, that's what uh, the Philippines is. It's, it's you know Spanish, yeah. you know, invaders coming in right. to uh, an Asian. An Asian uh, country territory, uh, but yeah, well, and that's basically what I am—Puerto Rican Chinese. So, I mean, you're kind of on the money, and it's funny because my yeah, dad right grew up in the, in the Philippines. So, oh, really? even though he's Chinese, um, but yeah. Uh, so, you know, I come from a very diverse background. I grew up eating, you know, stuff that my mom cooked: arroz con habichuela, you know, chuleta, mm -hmm. mofongo, uh, just delicious Puerto Rican foods. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, on my Asian side, you know, we I had, you know, a ton of like lumpia and it's just, oh, it just wow. a ton of just fun, non-traditional foods. And I love that. Yeah. And for me, you know, when, when I'm trying to teach culture, 
for me, the best way that I like to do it, this is just my personal experience, is through food. I feel like mm-hmm. when I travel, I like to understand where I'm going through what I taste uh, in the right. cuisine of the place that I'm going. And that's, for me, the way I like to teach culture and experience culture. And that's what I've been trying to do with my kids. Do we get to do mm-hmm. it often? Not as much because they're so freaking picky. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's the way I like to do it. Now, my wife is, you know, she's white. Uh, mm-hmm. And she, I would say she is a little bit more averse to different flavors and all that stuff so that's where the challenge comes in because already exactly they're already like you know uh chick-fil-a chipotle that's it you know like (laughs) it's funny because our kids are like chip away that's how my well my son used to say dibba dibba day when he was very little he was was looking for chick-fil-a yeah yeah that's how he would say chick-fil-a but now they you know just a couple days ago they're like hey we're gonna go get dibba day or Chip away. <laughs> what is that? Is that Chipotle or Chick-fil-A? Because yeah. it sounds the same. Yeah, it's, my, it's identical. The point is, that's kind of where their palate lies at the moment. And trying to right. break out of that and, and trying to, you know, give them a taste of what their actual culture is, you know, mm-hmm. is, is kind of fun. But um, uh, the second half of that question about language, you know, how you've been successful in, in, in language. Uh, we have a couple books uh, that are, you know, good about like, you know, Spanish learning and all that. Spanish is kind of what we'd be targeting down. Uh, and honestly, like, no, like, and, and I think that's just in large part because we're lazy. We're just, I'm just, we're just not good about like speaking it uh, right. to them. And you want to, you want to try to get them exposed to it as much as possible before five years old. Cause at that yeah. stage, they're just like literally just sponges and they, and they can just absorb language. Uh, so fast and we were just lazy about it and if there's probably one major regret as like a parent you know mm-hmm. i mean there are a lot of things i've done wrong and and i'm learning and stuff like that but the one thing that i wish i would probably would have done earlier is get them in on spanish a little bit earlier through yeah. just raw speaking to them in spanish and just exposing them and yeah. really insisting that my mom and my dad like speak in their native tongue around right. them you know and, and and teach them more yeah yeah, that that real kind of immersion and exposure, I think, is is super important for kids, even if um, you know, even if they don't necessarily speak it at home. Um, so that was one of the things. Like when our son started daycare, um, there were uh, two of the women that were in his child room um, were were uh, Hispanic. I think one was from Guatemala and the other one was from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would speak to each other in Spanish. So if they were giving directions or, or talking to each other about a kid, they would speak to each other in Spanish. And so we actually, we asked them, we're like, hey, do you mind, you know, when you're speaking with our son, will you, do you mind speaking to him in Spanish? We don't speak Spanish at home, cool. but we believe in trying to get him exposed to other languages, other cultures, other just sounds and intonations that he's not going to hear normally. Mm-hmm. Um and it seemed to, I, I think that's one of the things that has kind of helped his language skills. Like he picks up language really, really quickly. He picks up mm-hmm. pronunciations really fast. And I think it's helped him in a lot of other ways other yep. than, you know, just learning Spanish. Because again, we don't speak it at home. Um, yep. You know, it's not something either of us are fluent in. Um, but just having that exposure, I think, is is helpful just to develop their brains, if nothing else. You know, I, um, I you know... It, when I grew up, I had a lot of instances where, and I think a lot of Asian kids grew up with this too, or just like any, you know, if you're not white, mm-hmm. uh, what was it called? It's like when you bring a, a, a lunch to, to the room mm-hmm. and 
there's like an actual phrase for it. I don't recall what it was, but you're basically being bullied about what food you're bringing to school, which is yeah, so sad. It's different than everybody else's. Exactly. It's so, right. and it, and I got that a lot, right? My dad would pack um, these little, I don't know, like chow show bao, like um, the like these little buns that are basically like pork like, buns like sticky bun yeah yeah, yeah. they're like these like white buns and they're stuffed with like different things sometimes it's beef yep. pork whatever uh and they're they're good they're delicious but i yeah. remember he would pack those in my lunchbox and i'd be so embarrassed about it and then kids would like uh not you know they wouldn't be you know very receptive of it they'd say it yeah. smell bad or whatever and that really right. stuck with me until I met this kid named Jonathan. He was this Jewish kid, and he his mom always packed him like an egg salad sandwich, and he hated it, and it smelled crazy. <laughs> but what we would do, we would trade. You know, he would yeah. he because he was just like, "Hey, that looks different. That looks nice." And we became buddies because we had like foods that like kids did not like us. <laughs> they would yeah, just make bond, fun of you us. Bonded over your uh, your food exclusion, right? Right, right. That was our lunchroom economy right there. So you know, we would uh, I he'd he'd have my pork bun, and I would have his egg salad sandwich, and. Uh, you know that was uh, that's how we bonded. How you, became yeah, bridging but, um, the gap through food. So we because we, we we live in a pretty diverse area right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say a, a good uh, a, um, a part of our neighborhood in our area is Indian as well. So mm -hmm. um, you know when I have any sort of food that might smell a little different or anything like that and my son goes ew ew no, mm -hmm. like i don't know i i don't know if this is the right thing to do but uh, now i've started to say like listen if you if you ever have that reaction you're gonna have to try it okay because you never tried yeah. this before I and mean, you're just acting like that yeah. we're not going to do that and that's not how we react to food and different cultures right. okay because the last right. thing i want him to do is for some kid to bring you know something that he's never been experienced to before in his in his school right. and for him to be like ew that's gross because i don't know for me like that really bothers me and i do not yeah. want my kids to be like that and it's something so, that's stuck with you from being a kid to now so obviously absolutely it had an impact on how you see the world how you probably saw yourself and your own culture Right, one hundred percent. How you saw your food because it's such a such a uh, uh, like a building block for culture, right? Is it's yeah. expressed through food, like who we are is expressed through what we eat. Absolutely, and I was ashamed of it. I was ashamed of it right. when I was in elementary right. school. It wasn't until I was older I was like, I don't care. You know, it's great. And it's like yeah. you know, it's now that I'm an adult, and and like well, you haven't tried that, you uncultured swine. Get to open your <laughs> mouth, put this in there, eat it. Yeah, now it turns so, into like pride. It's a it's yeah, exactly a pride of like this is who we are. This is where we came from. Like yeah, we need to try these things. It's a part absolutely. Of who you you haven't had balut. Oh, just because it's weird doesn't draw <laughs> try balut. You know what balut oh, is? Yes, I do. I can't. I have not. It's an unborn duck. I have not been able to get into that. Yet. I will I've, say when I've you when you crack the egg, things, but. So balut, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically it's a Filipino delicacy and it's better than you think. But it, it was on Fear Factor because it is kind of scary. But it's like this it's it's this it's an egg with an, with an unborn duck in it. And when you crack the mm -hmm. egg open, you know, you see a, a, you know, a duck and it kind of flops out and you see the beak and it's just it's kind of weird. Yeah. But it's, when it's you eat it, stuff. it tastes like chicken and egg mixed together. It's actually good. <laughs> yeah. I can so see it, a lot of it's people just, being like, it's, it's one of those things, but I, you know, like where I grew up was, I grew up in a, a very small farm town. Um, my grandparents, uh, so for any, actually, I'm, I'm going to ask the same question of you. I think we've had this conversation before and maybe mm -hmm. have had this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know me, what would you think I was? I like when I first, first saw you, I was like, oh, he's half mm -hmm. black. 
Yep. That that's and that, that I, yeah. that's the first thing that I said. You know what's funny is I have noticed that people who are a part of uh, non-white cultures typically mm-hmm. are better guessers at where other people are from than mm-hmm. the folks I've met who like all of my friends who are white or were typically raised around mostly white people had a very hard time figuring out what my sort of genetic makeup was. But everybody <laughs> that I met that was either, you know, I mean, black, Filipino, Southeast Asian, Hispanic, yeah. they were like, oh, no, you're probably like this and this. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, you got it. Got it on the first <laughs> go. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like, I so think what, is super so, interesting. So, you know, for, for, the, for anyone who's not watching the, the YouTubes right. or haven't watched us on, on YouTube, you know, just to kind of get a picture of what, you know, what we look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, like, we are like he guessed, I'm people. Yeah. Right. So I, I, uh, if, if, I guess if you were to like corner me, like think of a Filipino person, I guess that's kind of what I look like. So like <laughs> if you were to describe yourself, what are yeah. you like, explain, explain yourself, Ben. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm kind of in the middle of a lot of things, but yeah, I have a, uh, you know, Fairly, fairly full, full lips, which I pride myself on. I have you do, some, you man. Know, sort of African American features, which I also good pride look, myself man. on. But it's yeah, it's look. like I'm, I'm, I'm mixed. So like, I did my like 23 and Me a couple months ago because it was, mm-hmm. I think it was on sale on Black Friday. I was like, I want to see where I'm from. Okay. And it came back. I'm like 60% European and like 40% uh, Sub-Saharan African, primarily so like Nigerian, Ghanaian. Yeah, so pretty That's much cool. what I expected. So, But specifically um, Nigeria? Cool. Nigeria uh, and primarily, Ghana? Yeah, primarily Nigeria and Ghana. That's cool, man, because Africa's a giant continent, so like where and Africa, right, that's, right. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, West Africa is like not a very, you know, they don't really narrow it down quite <laughs> quite yeah. too much when uh, when you just say West Africa. Yeah, and then when we got to the European side, it was like uh, French, German, British, and Irish, uh-huh. um, which makes sense when I, you know, kind of look at my family's history and, you know, a lot, we have a lot of records of how they traveled over and, you know, even though my grandmother was adopted, she mm. kind of was able to find out some stuff about her family. Um, but I say all that to get back to this point of when I was growing up, I grew up with uh, people who grew up on incredibly rural farms in Northern Maine, like they were potato farmers in Northern Maine. So mm. a lot of their sort of culture, right, was um, somewhat, you know, European, kind of Scandinavian. So a lot of the things they ate were, it, it was sort of don't waste anything, right? So they grew up during the depression. It was like, nobody had any money for food. You used every single part of the animal, um, you know, so for us eating like, you know, uh, liver and onions, right? Like beef, liver yeah. and onions was like right. not, uh, in a regular meal, um, yeah. eating, uh, like beef tongue, like, a like a, right. a stewed beef tongue or something like that with, uh, you know, vegetables. There were always biscuits. There was always, um, some kind of gravy going. There was always right. some kind of super hearty meal. Right. I never realized until I kind of moved out of my hometown that we actually That's... grew up like pretty poor <laughs> and that it was that it was those types of meals that they survived on in the mm. you know 1930s and 40s because right, that was all they had and yeah they didn't have like super nice cuts of beef and if you kill the chicken you had to eat every part of it wow. um and so it was really interesting to to i'll never forget when i went to my wife's grandparents house for the first time and one of the things we used to eat all the time i don't know if anybody else out there eats this I, it might be a northern Maine thing 
Um, but if you have uh, molasses in your cabinet, just like yeah. the black strap molasses, like the yellow right. label on it. So that on a just on a plate with either a hot buttered biscuit or like bread and peanut butter, and you just like dip the bread and peanut butter in the molasses. Yeah. A lot of times that's what we had for dessert. And if you oh, look wow. at it, it's like molasses is like a byproduct of making sure it's super cheap. Right. But it's right. like, you know, it's extra calories and that's really what you were looking for. And that's yeah, what they were... ate. And you kind of develop a taste for it. And I went huh. to my my wife's grandparents' house and I wanted something sweet. And I remember asking them for like uh molasses. You know, hey, can we do you have any molasses? Do you have this? Do you have that? And they were like, uh, like for baking? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I'd never had somebody look at me weird because everybody I knew kind of ate it. Right, um, right. But yeah, That's and that was when I started to realize that like some of the foods we ate, even though they were super normal and common where I grew up, were a right. little bit strange to people who were even from a different part of the same state I grew up in. Right, right. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And and some of that food, do you still like miss it? Do you still have it? Uh, so I don't make it because it's, it's things that I never cooked, Mm -hmm. um, that I had, and I do miss them sometimes, but what I think it did was especially like the, the sort of beef awful, you know, tongues, livers, all that extra stuff. It made me appreciate and really like to explore other cultures, foods and how they cook things like that. So like one of my favorite things in the world to eat is like a really good lengua taco, like yeah. just a beef tongue taco, they're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like if you never told anybody what it was, they would think they were eating pot roast. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, a, seriously, a lengua yeah. taco with just cilantro, onion, so good. Yeah. It's, it's when you tell someone and it, right. they have to kind of, kind of get through the idea of it. So, right. yeah, it's interesting. And it's, you like know, I've eating seen tripe it. and stuff like that. Oh, I like love tripe. All, oh, I- it's, I am it's surprisingly good, but it looks disgusting. It looks disgusting. And I, I could see how a lot of people would have uh, a big um, difficulty with getting through the texture because it's very gummy. The texture is tough. And, yeah. And, but the thing is, I like gummy textured things like tripe or shrimp right. or squid or octopus. Like, I like that. Uh, but I could see a lot of people, like my wife and mm-hmm. a majority of people, I, f- I feel like, would be like, yeah, I just can't get past that texture. So, yeah. Um, and going but, back to like the European side, if you go to, um, like like blood puddings and like haggis and I things was like just that. about to talk about blood, that yeah blood puddings are fantastic yeah or like black pudding they're so black good, pudding but yeah you have to get through a lot of times you have to get through it's the blood. kind of mealy texture yeah it's just it's blood in a sausage with like oats and all kinds of stuff right yeah so my dad was uh we were in England we were in London a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and my dad was like specifically he was looking to try some black pudding uh and it was funny too because like. You know, my wife's just like, man, black pudding, really? And I'm like, yeah, and this isn't even an Asian thing, right? This is a this is a white yeah. people thing. This yeah. is a, an, an yeah. English, old English, like you know, congealed blood. You know, like it was a thing mm-hmm. to eat, like blood sausages, and it's like a yeah. it's a thing. But but going back to you know diversity and just exposing our kids to the right things, you know, we do have a diverse uh, uh, group of people that are in our community, mm-hmm. and you know. If a kid brings some sort of curry dish or something like that to school, you know, because again, we have a very, uh, a lot of people who are uh, Indian, Pakistan, um, mm-hmm. we have quite a few Jamaicans, uh, mm-hmm. Korean. If they bring yeah. anything like that, I, I, the last thing I want my kid to do is to make another kid feel bad because it's a different kid. Because I experienced that. Like, Henry, that is not yeah. what we do. 
Okay. Yeah. You look at it. Oh, that's interesting. That's different. You know, I be curious, be exploratory. Don't be, you know, um, don't, don't talk down. Don't make them feel other than, uh, cause Mm -hmm. that, that, I, I mean, to be frank, it makes me angry. Uh, and yeah. I do not want my kids to be that. And if my and if my kids do that at home, they're trying the food. They're trying it. Yeah. And I, but maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's causing like a, a a bad relationship with food, and that's not a good thing. I don't know. But the, don't the main message I'm know. trying to get across is like, do not make people feel other than because of their culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I think that's again. I think it's a huge deal when you know food is oftentimes an expression of the deepest values of a culture, right? Mm-hmm. The way we feed ourselves, what we what we create, um, and share through food. I mean, if you really think about the idea of eating, it's it's very intimate, right? To feed someone, I mean, literally, yeah. you are giving them something that they are taking in to sustain life. themselves, their body, to sustain their life. Um, you know, it's probably really one of the most intimate things you can do for someone is to feed them because um, they're saying, you know, what I've created for you is safe and it's, you know, good for you or it's made with love, it's made with care, it's made with time. Um, and I've put effort into that. And I think that's really important to remember. And as you said, I think it's a, you know, we've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso lately, but the the quote of uh, be curious, not judgmental. Uh, it's that uh-huh. idea of like, you should try everything. Like, yeah, try it all. It might yeah. be gross. The texture might be tough for you, but like try it out because yeah, it may be something try. that you love. And if you just stick with, you know, meat and potatoes for the rest of your life, like there's so much of the world that you don't get to explore because you're unwilling to try the food, which is oftentimes Absolutely. the first step to understanding their culture. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, before we dive into the next question that popped in on Discord, just want to thank our sponsors real quick. And that's Newton Baby. Newton Baby's been making uh, sleep solutions, sleep products for babies and now kids uh, since, well, we've been using them for what, four years now. Uh, we've absolutely loved Newton products. Um, we, Like I mentioned at the top of this video, we've been sick last week. My daughter had a blend of teething, cold. She was crying so hard that she was vomiting. It was it was actually horrific. I hated it. It was a bad. But the point is, she threw up all over her Newton mattress. And guess what I did? <laughs> I took it outside, hosed it down, threw in the wash. Good as new. So, um, you know, it, it it's great when you're able to, uh, you know, not have just a breathable mattress, but a washable one. And I think this is the only one in the market that's washable. Uh, you can hose down the core, wash the actual cover itself and uh, and be good to go. We've really enjoyed Newton and it's actually literally come in clutch for us. So if you want to check out any products from Newton, we're going to have that linked in the show notes and as well as the description of this video. It's going to be newtonbaby.com. Check out Newton. They've got your family covered from newborn all the way up through your kid, the kid stage. So again, thank you to Newton for sponsoring Oh, just not the not just the po- uh, the podcast, but for Dadverb, they've been an awesome partner, uh, and they've been with our family, and I hope they're going to be a part of yours soon. Uh, let's dive into the next question. Mm-hmm. Um, it <laughs> I think this is kind of more a little bit more uh, the comedic side of things. So we're gonna I might have to dig my mind a little bit and see if I can think of anything. Uh, but uh, we have uh, D Boy HHX one. <laughs> These AOL names, dude. Right, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> uh, he goes, gotta say I'm really enjoying the podcast. Thank you, man. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. Um I, anyway, I caught up uh to all the episodes, but would love to hear any hilarious stories about dumb things you guys have said to your partners. Uh pregnancy that look back and you say to yourself, What was I thinking saying that to a pregnant lady? 
Uh, also, how do you guys deal with unsolicited advice from family? And thirdly, any tips on traveling with newborns? Thanks. Okay, so there's a lot of things there. Um, can you think of anything that you said to your wife that was stupid that you shouldn't uh, have? I'm sure if you asked her, there's a lot of things I said to her that were stupid, yeah. at least yeah. in the moment. Um, yeah, those those hormonal changes are rough. You know um, what? <laughs> they, that, everything that, you say might be dumb. It's like bad. Some, like yeah. it, it comes in it's ways, rough. but like it was like really bad at one point. And I'm like, geez, man, mm-hmm. she's like mad, mad about everything. I'm just going to go up yeah. and just like play FIFA by myself and just let yep. her just chill and just, just like, I need to stay, stay out, out of the blast way. radius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there were uh, definitely days where, uh, you know, you just sort of just tuck in and, you know, enjoy the ride and see how it goes. And then there's days where she'll look at you and she'll start crying because she's so happy and thinks you're going to make a great dad. So it's going to vary. It's um, going to vary. But yeah, I, I think, if I said anything really stupid, I probably blocked it out so that um, <laughs> I wouldn't accidentally say it again. I couldn't. I can't think of anything like crazy. The one thing that I did uh, think of was never tell her that, like, "Oh, you look tired today," because like Ooh, you're never. trying to state a fact. Like, you're, you, right. are you okay? Like, you look a bit tired. Because I, and not just pregnant women, but women in general. Yeah, because don't tell them I look tired. Because the way my wife will take that is that means I look horrific. I look run down. I look like ugly. <laughs> I look all these. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're just like, yeah, I'm like, that's not what I mean. You still look gorgeous. You're, you're still pretty. You're just like not yourself. You, know, you just look a little tired. But that means a whole different can of worms. So don't ever yeah. tell just a woman that she looks tired. Yeah. Don't um, ever tell her she looks tired. Because uh, that, that means way more. Uh, then you think of, yeah, it's just, that was a recipe for disaster. Uh, and also like the, the, there's that old, you know, kind of line, like don't ever call a pregnant woman crazy. I guess like don't do, yeah. Like I think that's kind no. of a thing too. Uh, because then it's like, what you're saying I'm irrational. You're saying that I can't think properly. Are you saying like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that like, you're just a little crazy right now. You well, know, like, no, a little bit. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that maybe a little bit but i i get you know you are cultivating human life so. yeah exactly exactly so uh d- just as like too little and that, those don't seem like a big deal like oh you look a little tired or is, are you tired like, no i feel great why are you saying i'm tired you know like that's a no-no and i'll and then don't call yeah stay away from that crazy. just stay away from looks unless you're gonna you know yeah. compliment her in some way especially especially when you get to that third trimester man and she's just uncomfortable and everything is swollen and she's just ready to have the baby yeah if you like if and when you make it to that point just shower her with compliments yeah. how can yeah. you help what can you do to make her life a little bit easier and your life will in turn be much easier yeah yeah, dude, I remember like the one compliment is like, oh, you are glowing right now. You're glowing. But later in the third trimester, it's like, baby, you're still gorgeous. You're glowing. At one point, she's just like, go F yourself, bro. <laughs> go away. <laughs> just shut Get away from F me. Up. Don't talk to Let's me. Let's deliver this thing and then we'll, we'll be back. I'm like, I'm all right. You're acting a little you know, crazy right you now. You know <laughs> they're going to love the kid, but it's just like they're just ready to get them out. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing. Uh, I don't, you know, other than those two things, I don't really have too many other uh, examples. Um, you know, I think we're, we should do a live podcast real soon where we have guys like chime in and we can read off like yeah. things live and just have it just all comedy, just like funny stories that your kids have done, 
just crazy thing. One guy just popped in mm-hmm. like, hey, did you see this on Discord? Someone's asking like, hey, are, uh, how are you guys dealing with like kids just stripping down, getting naked? I'm just like, yeah. oh, man, here we go. <laughs> just roll with it, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? Oh, like, hey, man. man, we need to put some clothes back on, but you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. They're going to do what they want. Oh, man. Um, the uh, second part of uh, D-Boy HHX1, he, uh, uh, he had three questions. Second one was, how do you guys deal with unsolicited family advice? For me, it's just kind of like, <laughs> all right, and then just ignore it Yep, because <laughs> we don't see him. Yeah. That's all you That's can basically, do. Basically, um, like, yeah, sure. I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, there's. I, I think you have to. You have to take what you want. Um, you know, I yeah. think there's there's Filter. sort of two sides to it, right? Like you're probably going to get advice from people that haven't raised kids in thirty years, um, and things are very different. And there, the intention is generally good. Um, it's just the execution may be lacking. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. If there's something useful in there, take it. If there's not just say, Hey, thanks for telling me and move on with your life. Um, you know, don't take it to heart unless it becomes a pattern and, and, you know, maybe becomes a little bit toxic and then that's, that's a different story, but yeah, just general advice from people. Everybody is going to have something to say about how you're raising your kids and how they would do this or recommend that or whatever. Some of it's really helpful. Some of it's not going to work for you, and that's okay. Dude, and being a content creator in this niche, like, I've seen it all. Like, so many freaking oh. comments about, like, what I'm doing wrong and all, and what I'm doing right. But, like, you never, like, see those. You never think about those. But, like, no. yeah, just, like, so many. And at this point, like, my kids are happy and healthy. And, honestly, your yeah. comment is nothing more than a piece of engagement metric for the <laughs> for the algorithm. Yeah, it's so the most benign stuff, too. Um, like, we had a – we, I put up say. a – I put up that reel a couple weeks ago that was yeah. just talking about, like, dads sharing their emotional – like, if they had an emotional struggle, like, sharing that and saying, like, yeah. instead of packing it away, saying, like, hey, I'm struggling with X, right? Showing people how to deal with emotions in a healthy way mm-hmm. and it sparked like a debate with someone who was just like very upset that well this is dad's got to be the rock of the family and you can't do this and i don't want to uh-huh. hear him complaining about how he feels and i was like okay man it's fine but you would yeah. think like yeah. you know we're doing a good thing we feel yeah um, and it always sparks a debate over things that you know seem like they might be a bit of progress for dads but you know <laughs> i guess that's Man, why we yeah. do what we do, right? I think the harder thing is like it's it's the inverse. It's not so much like dealing with unsolicited advice. It's like you have a very specific style of parenting and you want to make sure that like if your parents are watching your kids that they're abiding by like the way that you yeah. parent. That's you know, so say for example too. say for example, like, you know, you know, you're you're practicing safe sleep. You know, there's nothing in the mm-hmm. in the in the crib with the kids, right? It's empty. And then your kid is sleeping over at grandma's house for a night. And they're like, no, 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 they need like a stuffed animal. They need a stuffy. I was like, mom, that's not safe. Like, don't give them that. Yeah, don't and like, do that. Or like, don't turn, like, they, no, our kids are still rear facing. Like, don't, don't mm-hmm. just like get a random car seat and just turn them forward facing. Like, we want them to stay rear facing <laughs> just in case. Okay. For as long, as long as possible. You know, and like, these may not sound like a big deal, but like, I don't know if that's like something that you are like very adamant about. Right. And your parents are just like, no, there's going to be fine. You know, it's yeah. that's when it gets Especially like, hard. like you need the, to listen to me. You've done the research. Right. Right. Like, you know, this I think this happens to my wife a lot. It's just like she does a ton of research yeah. to figure out like what's the safest thing, what's the best way to do something. And that that makes her comfortable 
with certain situations. And so, you know, I do my best to abide by that. And then we do our best as well to communicate that to whoever's going to be watching our kid and, um, you know, saying like, all right, this is kind of how we do things. And so Mm -hmm. I think the important part there too is like providing that example and saying like, whenever this person is around, we show them exactly what we do. No, we don't do this. Yes, we do this. Having those clear boundaries. And then again, if somebody's willing to respect those boundaries, then yes, you can spend time with the kids unsupervised. If you are not willing to respect those boundaries, then, you know, I think that's another conversation where it's like, you know, maybe they won't be sleeping over until we kind of figure this out. Right, right. Uh, and then the last question that he had here, and I can't believe we've been running this podcast for about 45 minutes, man. This is crazy yeah. how just time always blows by. Um, so last question he had, any tips for traveling with newborns? This is a video that I've done, I think, twice on the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. just like air travel when it comes to like road travel or, or road trips. That's something that mm-hmm. I would love to you know, do, I don't know if I can like dive into it right now. Uh, but you know, general tips, I would say, um, plan ahead, uh, and and game plan before, like, because I remember the first couple of times we traveled, we were just, I was just going to roll with it. And it did not, it just like, you really need to like really plot everything out. Like when you get to the airport, this is how we're going to go from car to terminal. And then this is how mm-hmm. we're going to like really like think about like the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, another a follow up where your baby, I would say, like, yeah, is the easiest way to get through security. It's like easier that. to get through security wearing your kid than it is to take them in and out of a stroller. Yeah, because like when you get through the like a TSA security checkpoint they and they're in a car seat, you have to physically take the baby out. If they're asleep, you're going to have to wake them up, take them out mm-hmm. of the car seat put the car seat through the scanner, get the uh, the stroller. They, they, they make you go around the, um, the, the metal detector or whatever. And then they like swab it for whatever. Um, yeah. So like, anyway, the point is like, uh, it's all, it's like a tedious, it's a tedious thing. All that could be avoided yep. if you're just wearing the baby. You could just walk yeah, right through. Cause you can wear them right through the, the metal, exactly. de- like they'll send you through the metal detector. You can wear them right through. Um, I would say if you're going to wear them to one of the best things to do is make sure that your carrier doesn't have any like metal clips, buckles, anything like that on it. Right. Um, So like, I think you and I both, uh, I know at least we have the Ergo Baby Omni 360 Breeze. It's a mouthful, but we have that. We also have, yeah, I prefer. And then we have the, um, the Boppy Comfort Fit too, which is one that just like folds up into a little pouch. We love that one because it's just, It's super lightweight. It's kind of a mix between like a sling and a carrier. So it's really soft. It's easy to put on and off and it's easy to travel with. And that's, that was kind of the big thing. So we keep one in each car and then that's our like travel carrier for the little one. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I would, yeah. Wear the baby through the airport, um, plan out really every step. The airplane is really tough with, toddlers i feel like mm-hmm. n- flying with a newborn is cake uh i and I, really maybe i'm oversimplifying it's actually tough but like it's you know, it's pretty straightforward because you just like feed make sure they sleep that, like that's the game yep. plan with older kids it's just like tablet watch all of the show like sorry yeah. but i'm not all the I'm, shows. I, I'm not frou-frou like i'm just yeah. i'm not all crunchy no, unlimited like, all screen these time unlimited no. snacks Oh, just do it all, man. Do whatever. Make it so much fun. Just all the sugar, all the gummy snacks, all of the shows, <laughs> all on a tablet. Like, yeah. go for it. Toddler yeah, is out the window. 
it's tough because you know Miss Rachel and Cocomelon is only going to get you so far, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like. 12 to 18 months, 19, 20, 20, 12 to 24 months, you know, that range, that's a very mm-hmm. difficult time because the kids are just, they're just very active. They're wild. They're feral. They're feral. That's a good they way just, of putting it, man. They're, they they're are wild. They have Animals. no impulse control. No, um, no. You love them to death, but they are feral little monsters yep. at times. And screens, like, they don't have the effect that they would uh, as, as older kids. So it's like, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, you know, mentally be prepared to like not watch that episode of Ted Lasso that you plan to download on your iPad and stuff like that. Like you are playing defense on the flight. If you have a kid that's like 12 to 24 months, like you're just straight up playing defense. Um, and just trying to make sure that you're controlling. Yeah. One thing that we've done that we've found where it's actually two things. One is we, we do our best to plan our flights during nap time. So generally around when our son is going to be asleep, we try to at least get a chunk of our flight done, right? So if we have multiple flights, it'll be that way. Um, The second thing that we do is we always bring a couple of brand new toys that he's never seen before. Oh, that's cool. So they might be puzzles. They might be something to keep him occupied. Um, Like we found these little magnetic blocks that fit in this little pouch on Amazon for like 10 bucks. He loves those things. We take him to restaurants and stuff all the time. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. But it's find something that they've never done before. Let them open it, unwrap it, whatever, on the plane so they have something at least new and exciting that they've never seen to distract them for, you know, an hour or two. There are a couple, you know, this would be a really cool, you know, TikTok IG reel type thing. Uh, <laughs> to, but like, you know, three toys that are like really cool for, for airplane travel that are like screen yeah. free, right? Uh, there's this thing called monkey string. It's basically like just like strands of string that are coated in wax. And mm. kids like love playing with it. Like they they twist it up. They make like different shapes and sculptures. They just, uh, they, you know, they mangle it and they ball it up. It's like, it's actually a really mm. fun toy. Uh, well, sensory toy i don't know how to categorize it but it's a real fun thing that kids really get a kick out of uh we like use it when we go to church um mm-hmm. airplane f- flights is really good as well and there's another thing it's like um it's like an ipad type thing it's like a drawing thing but it, it's not an ipad like it's it's like yeah. a black drawing screen and you draw on it and it's like multicolored. And uh, you hit a and button it, and it goes away. Yeah, and you press one button and it all goes yes. away. Yes, and it's really those fun. are amazing. And That's not a really super good expensive. Thing. We have yeah. one, two, three, maybe. Uh-huh. I think we might have three of them. There's one in each car, and I think there's one in the house. Okay, so I mean, so because, you use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not super expensive, and your kid gets to sit there and draw for hours and hours and hours, and then they push a little button and the drawing goes away it, and, and it's like it magic and they love it. Yeah. And they yeah. do it all over. Again. The only time where it gets hard is uh, at least for us is when you have these two brothers that are siblings and then Colin presses the button early oh, on Henry's no. pad and Henry starts to freak out because he deleted everything <laughs> that he drew and then he oh, wants to punch Colin man. and Colin's like, what? And it's like, so that's when it gets bad. <laughs> yeah. So it can go. Um, it's just be prepared <laughs> For things go to go south very south. quickly and very yep. suddenly, and you'll be okay. And just yep. know that, you know, for every person that doesn't understand or is annoyed by you traveling with a baby, there's a dozen other people who are going to look at you who either have kids or uh, or possibly traveling with their kids too they who are going to understand and empathize with what you're going through. 100%. Uh, we had a woman yeah. when our, our son took his first uh, flight, and he was like, breastfeeding and he was kind of kicking this lady next to us 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, babe, he's like, he's kicking this lady pretty hard. Can we like make sure he doesn't do that? And she looks over and she's like, it's perfectly okay. She goes, I raised twin boys. I understand. Yeah. He's not, he's not really doing anything that's annoying to me. Yeah. And that was like, it felt so good to hear someone say like, it's okay. He's fine. Yeah. Let him eat. And then he's just going to go to sleep anyways. I, I've had that a couple of times on flights too, where I just feel like it's like feel like the burden is like so heavy. Like, man, mm-hmm. these kids, like they're going to bug everyone. That, and then just, just, the, my, you know, the passenger next to me is just like, man, they are not bugging people as much as you think that they are. It's all good. Yeah. Man. Don't you worry about it. So just, just keep that in mind. Like it, it's, you know, you might think that you're burdening the world. You're not. And sure, there are people who are probably going to be bugged, but like you're never going to see them again. For the most yeah. part, I think that a lot of people are pretty empathetic to that. So maybe um, that's the biggest tip. Relax. Yeah, as seriously. much as you can't relax. It's exactly most things you think are a big deal, unless you're being, you know, brought to the back room by TSA. Probably not that big of a deal. Right, right. It's uh, it'll it'll all work out. It'll be all right. Uh, that'll do it, guys. That's uh, the end of this episode. Episode ten. Is this number ten? Are we finally? Yeah, double we're digits? double digits. Yeah, Whoa. made episode ten. Dude, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Hopefully, I can I feel like feel we should have had the Instagram balloons, like when you hit a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> <laughs> 10 episodes oh man dude it's been uh and on that note i've been um i've been really trying to ramp up like short form content on like instagram and tiktok yeah i like i said before i hate tiktok i made one piece of content i put it on youtube got 2,000 views that same piece of content got put on tiktok it went to 1.2 million and i was like oh my goodness what is that this is so Weird. I don't understand social algorithms. I'm not good at social media yeah. anymore. Uh, I don't understand my, my profession. It's so weird. I'm very confused. But um, <laughs> we'll see. I'm just going to keep right, on creating. I'm right there with you. I'm going to keep pushing those those short form videos. And hopefully they help some people. That's the goal, right? Make short form yeah. videos that help people figure things out. You know what be fun? Uh, I, I get this question a lot. Like, hey, dude, it's been, it's been fun to see you make content as a dad. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, where can I get started? So like, all right, let's break it down. If you want to be a dad content creator, where can you start? Maybe we can do that episode. Oh, Let yeah. us know if you guys want to hear one. that. <laughs> yeah, be good on the behind the scenes. Basically becomes a, a social media workshop. Um, mm-hmm. But anywho, thank you guys for listening and watching. If you've been watching on YouTube, we appreciate the uh, continued reviews that, are, uh, that would be coming in through Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. I got, got this thing up on Google Podcasts a while nice. back. I forgot to, uh, to mention that. But... Uh, Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.